We are The Table, and we are so glad that you have taken time out of your week to join us. Here at The Table, it is our hope to move you forward in life and faith over the course of this message. At The Table, we do things just a bit differently. We pose questions in real time, and we want to give you some time to wrestle with those questions as well. Again, thanks for joining us, and we hope that this message moves you forward. Today, we get to start a new series. Aren't you excited? It's called, who said no? Oh, okay. (laughs) I was going to get offended, David, if you said, okay. He didn't say no. He said, yeah, because he's excited. This is called, Don't Take the Bait. So in the interest of full disclosure, I want to let you know that... um, We base this series on two books that we have been reading. This is Brad and I have been reading these books. Um, One of them is called The Bait of Satan, and the author is John Bevere. And the other one is called Unoffendable by Brant Hansen. And now, I want to be clear, okay? We have taken the ideas from these books, but this series is based on Scripture and what Jesus tells us. But what's really interesting is that these books, I, can never, I cannot think of two, more, two books that are more appropriate for the times that we are currently living in. And it's like these two guys had, um, they, they wrote these books several years ago, but it's like they had a crystal ball where they could see into the future and what was going to be happening in 2020 and 2021. And they are really impactful. So if you want to dig more into this subject, I highly encourage you to get one or both of these books and to read them. They will impact your life in a positive way. So, as I've already said, have you noticed lately how many opportunities there are for us to be offended? Right? There's masks and there's no masks. There's vaccines and there's no vaccines. There's, there's politics and religion and bad traffic. And if that's not enough, let's face it, there are opportunities in much smaller ways, right? There is. There's the driver who cuts you off in traffic. There's that teacher who doesn't see your child's full potential. Or what's going to be start popping up now the people that say happy holidays instead of Merry Christmas. Or the people that drink McDonald's coffee. (laughs) Right? There's so many opportunities to be offended. And someone has said, being offended is inevitable, but living offended is a choice. We want you to understand in this series that 
we have a choice in how we live our lives. And if we live offended, that stops us from moving forward in our life and living into what God has called us to do. So this morning, I want to read some scripture over your lives. I'm going to say right away, please don't be offended. I actually forgot to bring my Bible. So I'm going to be reading it off the screen with the rest of you. But this is from the Bible, I promise. Um, So would you please stand, and we like to celebrate here that God has given us his word and that it is living and active and it makes a difference in our lives. So this was written actually by a guy named James, and he was the brother of Jesus. And he says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and, after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. I've titled today's sermon, The Bait of Being Offended. Will you please pray with me this morning? Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity that we have to come and gather together and to worship you. Lord, I pray that you would speak through me this morning, that you would take these words and that you would use them to change our lives. Help us to be people who move forward in our faith and represent you well. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. As you're being seated this morning, please share some with someone one of your pet peeves. Get it off your chest. Go ahead. So, I want to start this morning and tell you right from the beginning that you can be unoffendable. That's right. It is possible to live your life without being offended. Now, don't get offended that I just said that. No, I'm, I'm kidding. Seriously, though, it is possible to live your life without being offended. I want to introduce you to my friend Carrie this morning. There she is. Isn't she beautiful? My goodness. She's just gorgeous. Yeah. Anyway, um, I tried to find a recent picture of her without a mask on, but I couldn't. So, um, But Carrie is a newly minted breast cancer survivor, and she just exudes joy wherever she goes. She's one of those people that you just love to be around because she's so sweet, and she's so joyful, and she's so kind. And recently, um, she uh, posted something on Facebook about vaccines. Now, I am not going to tell you what her post was about or what it said 
or which side she falls on because that's not important. What I'm going to tell you is that she posted it and I saw it and I saw several people who were, you know, commenting and agreeing with her. Fine. And then I saw someone comment that they disagreed with her. And not only did they disagree with her, they posted an article in the comment that backed up why they disagree with her. And I was like, okay, now this is going to get good, you know? So I went and I popped some popcorn and I got some, some hot chocolate to drink and I sat down to watch. I'm kidding. I did not do that. But I did kind of periodically come back to check and see what was happening because I was kind of just interested to see what would happen. Something amazing happened. You want to know what happened? Carrie responded to her friend, but she didn't get upset. She didn't lash out and call her friend an idiot. She actually thanked her for posting and said that her friend had given her a lot to think about. And then, on top of that, the comment thread kept going with how much these two were telling each other how much they loved each other. I was like, what is this? It is possible to live unoffended. And if you think that's, you know, only one example is not enough, I have another friend. Now, she doesn't necessarily post a bunch of um, controversial things on social media, but she is just one of those people that, that other people think it's okay to just walk up to and blurt out whatever is in their head. I mean, you would not believe some of the outrageous things that people have said to her. For instance, my favorite, one of my favorites, um, is when someone walked up to her two weeks after she'd had a baby, two weeks after she'd had a baby, and made a comment about how she was still carrying some baby weight. Now, can I just tell you, as someone who has had three babies, I'm still carrying baby weight. How many years later? Yeah, it's not easy to get rid of the baby weight. And I, if that had been said to me, let me just tell you, I would have carried that around with me for years. I would have been thinking about it, and I would have been stewing about it, and I would have been angry, and I would have remembered every time I saw the person that that was what they said to me, and that would have just stopped my life. But not this... Not my friend. She just laughed it off and went on living her life. It is possible to live unoffended. This is what James was talking about when he said, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. It is possible to live your life without being offended. Have you gotten the point yet? But here's the thing. Here's the problem, right? I think we're all thinking, well, the Apostle James did not live in the times that we are living in. He clearly did not have to deal with all the morons that are out in the world today. I mean, yeah, right? There are just, he certainly didn't have to deal with social media. I mean, their social media was, you know, writing something on a parchment and then sending it by foot 
or you know horseback and it took three weeks to get to where it was going and then by the time the person sent an angry comment it was six weeks later and nobody could remember what it started with and they went so he didn't have to deal with that there are just so many stupid people in the world am i right there's so many things to get offended about there is politics and there's masks and there's vaccines and there's GMO and there's non-GMO and there's there's all oh, so many other things oh traffic and immigration and politics but if we're really honest a lot of times those aren't the things that really make us offended can I tell you what really offends me nobody said yes but I'm gonna tell you anyway the school car rider line okay so recently my husband and I decided for various reasons to not have our kids ride the bus and so every day at two o'clock I leave my house and I spend about an hour picking up my um, intermediate school child and junior high student from two different schools and I just, I, I don't understand people. If you, by the way, happen to call me on a weekday during that time, and I seem a little bit more irritable than I usually am, that's probably why. I'm probably in a car rider line. And I just, okay, so look at this, yes. This is at the junior high. This is a recent picture I took this week. I'm sure there were other people going, why is she taking pictures of the line? But I don't understand how people do not understand to pull up when the car in front of them moves, right? Or better yet, how do you miss pulling up when someone is doing this? For those of you who are listening to the podcast, I am gesticulating wildly with my arm. How do people not understand that that means to pull up? I just don't get it. And so by the time I have gone through this, once through, through the middle school or the intermediate school after picking up my son, and then I, I weave around and the line goes all the way through the intermediate school parking lot and then back around and then it curves up next to the school and you pick up your child. And then you pull around and you drive up to the junior high and then you pull into their parking lot and you curve around and you wait. <sighs> By the time I've picked him up and then I curve around and I pick my daughter up, my blood pressure has risen several points. Okay? Now, I know I am not the only one that has an issue that takes offense with traffic. How do I know this? Well, recently, um, a couple weeks ago, I was out running an errand. I was by myself. And I thought, huh, this would be a really good time to get coffee. Because actually, for me, there's never not a good time to get coffee. So I went over, and I figured, hey, it's, it's about 11 o'clock in the morning. The line in the drive through shouldn't be that long. I'm just going to go grab myself a cup of coffee before I head home. So I went, and as I was turning the corner to um, pull into the strip mall where the coffee place is, I saw that there was a line actually out into the street. And I was like, well, what is this? That, you know, that doesn't usually happen. 
But then I just, you know, I was like, eh, oh well. So I, I pulled into, I got into line, but there's enough room in the street where you can actually pull over and people can still get by who need to go straight and keep going. So I pulled over. Now, I was driving a minivan, so I'm a little bit longer than some other vehicles, but I pulled over. There was room for people to get past me. Um, and then I saw what the problem was. See, there was this beverage delivery truck. You know those trucks, right? They're kind of, they have this long, they're long. They're almost like a semi. And he was trying to turn out, turn left, and then there was a car that was stopped right there. So the beverage truck driver could not make that turn. Well, well I mean, he could make the turn, but he'd take, be taking the entire front end of that car with him. And so then he was just sitting there, stopped halfway through his turn, and the car was just sitting there. And then the car and the beverage truck driver, truck driver were just kind of staring at each other. They were just like having this standoff. Meanwhile, I'm kind of sitting there in my car going, you know, to the car driver, if he would just back up a little bit, he would have room to get out, and then, you know, we could all move. But whatever, I just sat there and let them, you know, stare at each other. Well, eventually, of course, other cars start to get in line behind me, because I'm not the only one that had the brilliant idea to get coffee. So then you start hearing this one car and the horn is honking, and the lights are flashing. And this person is like going nuts. She's laying on the horn. She's flashing her lights. There's a couple cars behind me. Then she rolls down her window and starts sticking out her head out the window and starts screaming. Now, in my mind, I'm looking in my, in my side mirror, and I'm like, there is still room. If you really tried, you could pull out and get around us. If you don't want to wait in this line, fine. But apparently, she didn't think there was room. So she's laying on the horn, she's yelling out her window, and then she got out of her car. She came around the car that was right behind me, and she came to my car, and she slammed her hand on my driver's side window and screamed, move! And I was like, I, I, I'm still... I don't even know, like, what was I supposed to do with that? I was like, where am I supposed to move? There was a car in front of me. There was a car behind me. There was nowhere for me to move. And this is what I'm talking about, right? What, what did that accomplish except scaring a poor, you know, a poor pastor mother out of her wits who then really needed coffee after that? So eventually, I guess she figured out that she could still get by, and so she went on her not merry way, um, probably saying some choice words to me as she drove past my van. And eventually, the, the driver of the truck and the driver of the car stopped having this standoff, and they figured things out, and they moved, and you better believe I still got in line and had coffee, because I really needed it then. But this is what I'm talking about. And can I ask you a question this morning? When, when has your anger or offense ever been productive or produced anything good? When has getting mad at the person in front of you in the car rider line ever brought you closer to Jesus? Has getting mad at the person in front of you in the car rider line ever brought anyone else closer to Jesus? In my case, it's actually done the opposite. 
Now, when we pull in to the junior high parking lot and get in line, my 10-year-old is sitting in the back seat and he's yelling at other cars to pull up. And he's yelling at cars that he thinks are trying to jump the line and get in front of us. I have given my 10-year-old son road rage. That is what my anger has done and my offense. This is why James says everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Hear me when I say this today. Anger does not produce positive results. It just doesn't. So at the table, we like to talk during the talk. We like to give you opportunities to learn from other people around you. And so we like to ask questions and give you time to discuss them. So I'm going to do that this morning. Now, if you're an introvert and you really don't like to talk to people, you don't have to talk to people. You can text this question to somebody. You can write it in a journal. But otherwise, take a moment and talk about this question. What are some things in the world that you think it's actually okay to get angry about? Discuss that with people and we'll come back in a few minutes. Okay, so I've heard some good discussion going on. We've had some good discussion up here. So what are we supposed to do then? Obviously, as you all have been talking about, there are things in our world that are not right. There's poverty, and there's injustice, and there's murder, and there's racism, and there's People are being forced out of their countries because of war and being forced to become refugees. I mean, there's bad stuff. And followers of Jesus are supposed to get angry about those kinds of things, right? No. Now, let me tell you why. Okay? Let me explain. God doesn't want our anger. He wants our service. In fact, the prophet Micah said, He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. Act, love, walk. I want to introduce you to my son Sammy this morning. Basically, whenever I preach, I have to have something as an excuse to show a picture of my cute children. So this is Sammy. He's two. And believe it or not, sometimes this adorable child gets angry. Some of you are parents. You know two-year-olds. He is a two-year-old. And 
here's the thing though, he doesn't have the tools yet to express and communicate what he needs or what he's angry about. So what does he do? Well, when he gets really upset, he bangs his head on the floor or he bangs his head on, his, on the tray of his high chair. And then he starts to cry because now he's really angry because that hurts, right? Banging your head on the floor hurts. We have hardwood floors. It's not carpeted. Yeah, that's what he does. And this is what happens when we are angry. The only thing, it, when I get angry at somebody who's cut me off in traffic, or when, even when I get angry at injustice or racism, if the only thing I do is get angry, it's like I'm banging my head on the kitchen floor because all that it accomplishes is me getting angry. So what are we supposed to do? If we're not supposed to get angry, what are we supposed to do? James goes on and he tells us, but whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. So you're asking, what is the perfect law? Jesus told us the perfect law is love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. The perfect law is love. The perfect law is love. So what are we supposed to do with this? I have two, two practical things that will help you to live in love and to not get offended as easily. The first one is lower your expectations. Now, you're all thinking, wait, aren't we supposed to, that's the opposite. We're supposed to have high expectations. Yeah, I have high expectations of my kids. I expect them to try their best. I expect them, blah, blah, blah. Okay, in this one sense though, lower your expectations. What do I mean by that? Stop expecting human beings to not be human beings. Stop expecting perfection from people. The human race is messed up. All of us make mistakes and we do things that are wrong. We're going to do and say things that are offensive. Stop being surprised by that. In fact, the Apostle Paul said this, People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, elusive, I mean, excuse me, abusive, disobedient to their parents. Can I get an amen? Ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. I mean, it's right there. The human race is messy and messed up. We need to stop being shocked and surprised when someone makes a mistake or says something wrong 
or does something wrong. For me to be shocked when someone who is human acts like a human is like me getting shocked when my 10-year-old son says things like fart and poop and makes weird sounds with his mouth. What do I expect? He's a 10-year-old boy. Right? And yet, I get shocked and appalled when someone tells a lie or when someone does something wrong. They're human. They're going to mess up. So that's one thing. Lower your expectations of people. The second thing is, raise your level of gratitude for God's grace. Paul says in another place in the book of Romans, he says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. Can I get a show of hands in here? I want you to raise your hand if you've never sinned. I almost, someone almost raised their hand. I almost caught you. <laughs> Did you raise your hand? <laughs> okay, so I caught David. All of us have messed up. We have all lied and cheated and gossiped and I don't know what else, stolen, um, eaten pie for breakfast. Um, okay, I'm kidding. That one, it better not be a sin. Because, you know, Thanksgiving's coming up and there's going to be leftover pie. So we're all in the same boat. God has extended his grace and mercy freely to all of us. All of us need God's grace. And we just need to raise our level of gratitude for it. And remember that no one is perfect. And we all receive, need grace and mercy. So instead of feeding your anger by constantly focusing on other people's faults, feed your gratitude by focusing on God's grace. That's what I want you to know today. If you lower your expectations and you raise your level of gratitude for God's grace, you can be unoffendable. And you can show love and grace and mercy to people who desperately need it. And trust me, this is still something that I am working on. There were some crazy drivers on Friday when I was picking, or no, anyway, someday this week, there were some crazy daughters, drivers after I picked my daughter up from school that were like flying by me in a non-passing zone and, and I was like, really, Lord, you're really trying to test me, aren't you? So I would take a deep breath. Thank you, God, for your grace and your mercy. I am no better than anyone else. And you know what's great is we do this every week. This is the life that Jesus calls us to live, one that is unoffendable. Can I just tell you, 
that Jesus didn't walk through life being offended by people's sin. He did not walk through life getting angry every time he saw someone sin. We were human and he expected it. Did he want people to be better? Absolutely. But he offered mercy and grace and forgiveness. And I want you to know today, if you're struggling, if you don't know this Jesus, he is right there and he is not being offended by your sin. He just wants you to do better. He wants you to live a restored life that can fulfill the purpose that he's created for you. I want you to know that you have that opportunity today to step into that and move forward. If that is something that you would like to do today, you just simply, there's no like 12-step program that you need to go through. You simply need to pray and say, Jesus, I give you my life. If this message challenged you and moved you forward, personally or in faith, we encourage you to share it with someone who needs a message of hope today. And if you're interested or looking for ways to partner with us in our mission here at The Table, head on over to thetablejoliet.org for more information.